This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of All Possibilities is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. 18 seconds. That's how long Orly Amor takes to run through the list of the incomprehensible litany of trauma and challenges she's endured in her life. A list which leaves most people breathless and needing a moment to process. In the conversation coming up, you'll hear how Orly, an international public speaker, business coach for public speakers, and author of Mindset Mastery, The 12 Powers We Hold Within, has soared past these seemingly unsurvivable experiences to take on a life of inspiration. She'll offer ways to shift your paradigm to become happier and more successful. And you'll find out how she started out building a global network of health and wellness commerce on a wing and a prayer. Plus, discover why after saying no so many times, saying yes one time changed everything. Welcome to the All Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Orly, welcome to All Possibilities. It's so great to have you on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. I love your name. Thank you. (laughs) What does it mean? So Orly in Hebrew means you are my light or um, you're my light. And because or means light and li means for me or mine. And amor means love in Spanish. And it is A-M-O-R because people say, well, is it amor like in French? So A-M-O-R in Spanish means love. A-M-O-R-E in Italian means love. And A-M-O-U-R means love in French. So they're all right. (laughs) So let's get started with getting to know, and I love just diving right in. What was a pivotal moment in your life where everything just seemed to change, like the direction just changed for you? That is so cool that you asked that. Um, Something happened in my life. I was in property management for 25 years. And uh, I was speaking in property management, uh, went to 18 states at least. And from Canada to Florida, I spoke everywhere. And one day, um, something happened in my life that was more on the heart, meaning um, somebody broke up with me, obviously, and it was not a pleasant thing. So my cousin from Israel sent me a movie through... um, through email, um, called The Secret. And that's how I found out about the law of attraction and The Secret and all that good stuff. And I'm good with movies. I don't like to read books as much. I mean, I love, I do read books, but most of, mostly on the self-help. And it cannot be too deep because then I would lose interest and probably read only half of it. So um, when, so when I, I saw that movie, I was like, this is awesome. Oh my God, I get this. This is awesome. And I started applying it into my life. And with no time, I was attracting things into my life that were just amazing. So everything was really cool with that. But I didn't even think about, you know, my my own 
person, I really thought about how I can help other people with this. And then I said, oh, well, you know what? You don't know it enough. You haven't tested it enough. Let's take it another step. So I continued doing property management and I still didn't feel fulfilled because I really wanted to help other people, but I just didn't feel fulfilled with property management. You're basically a problem solver. So uh, one of my girlfriends said, you know, I'd like you to come and speak at uh, this women's shelter. And I said, really? Why? She's like, I want you to come and tell your personal story because people don't know your personal story. And I said, well, you know, I'm not really ready for that. That's not going to happen. She called every single day, every day for three weeks. Annoying. Anyway. That's <laughs> and persistence. Said, can you, yeah, I know. It's like, can you come? Can you come? Like, oh, listen, you know, I said, why me? Why did you, why do you want me to come? There's other people that speak on the subject matter. Why would you want me? She's like, well, you have this bubbly personality. You like networking. Everywhere you go, people are attracted to you and they hug you and love you. I mean, you don't even pay them for that. I mean, <laughs> she was just joking around and she's like, and I heard you speak. You're a great speaker. Why don't you come and speak to these ladies and show them that there's hope? So finally, I agreed. And I went and uh, it was just a beautiful thing. It's actually in my book, which we can talk about later, but it's in my book. The story, the whole story of that, how it happened and what happened is in the book. And I basically, it changed my life completely. I knew exactly what I had to do right after that speech, getting off the stage, getting all that love and attention from these women who were thanking me for changing their life just after one speech. So again, everything was just starting to evolve for me. And I really was determined to change careers. And that's really where my path went. I became a public speaker and a coach and a mindset mastery, um, avid learner, just continuously learning, continuous, continuously evolving myself. So it was great. That was the pivotal moment. So that was the moment where you found out the power of public speaking? No, I was already a public speaker, but that's where I found the power of sharing my own story. Mm. Um, many people don't want to share their story because they think, and I, I just did a Facebook live, book live on that when I, um, uh, and not a, not a Facebook live, I just did an application for a TED Talk. And uh, they ask you to send in a video of about a minute. And my talk at the TED Talk will be to hide or not to hide. And a lot of people don't share their story because they think, oh, you know what, maybe my story is not so interesting for people who would want to listen to it. And then you'll have people who say to themselves, well, you know, my story is really nothing compared to all these people who have went through more than I did. I mean, they just compare themselves so much that they just decide not to tell their story. And uh, it took me a while to share mine where finally I shared it at this shelter and I saved someone, someone's life. So at that moment was pivotal because I didn't only decide to change my career, but I also changed my vision about not, uh, about sharing because it is, it is important to share. You can change, you can save people's lives, but you don't even know it. Bring us to that moment when you were maybe in conversation with this woman mm -hmm. who said that you had changed her life. What, 
Well, actually, she didn't say that. I mean, all the women after I got off the stage, well, first of all, after I got done, there was not one eye, dry eye in the place. And when I got done and got off the stage, something happened that never happened to me before in public speaking because I've been speaking already for many years. But when I got off the stage, there was all this thank you. Thank you for uh, thank you for sharing. Thank you for giving me hope. Thank you for changing my life or, cha- or changing the way I think. Thank you for... Um, just lots of thank you and hugs and and tears and all that. And I was like very astonished because in my other career, when I was public speaking, everybody, when I get off the stage, it's usually, ma'am, you know, in my association, I mean, there was different type of talk. And this was more very overwhelming. The love, the attention was just absolutely amazing. Then this one lady came to me and she was crying, but like if somebody died, like <gasps> she was really hyperventilating. It was really scary for me because I've never seen that before. And she came to me and uh, she was like, thank you. You don't understand. And I said, no, I do understand, sweetie. Calm down. Everything's going to be okay. She said, no, you really don't understand. And I said, no, I do. Please calm down. And everybody around us was starting to quiet down too. Everybody's looking, I mean, listening into our conversation. And I'm saying, please calm down. Everything is going to be okay. I promise. And she just kept on going and going back and forth. We went, you don't understand. And then she yelled at me. She literally said, no, you don't understand. Then everybody became silent around us. I was taken aback. I have goosebumps telling you this right now. And she took out a piece of paper out of her pocket and she said, and she showed it to me with her index finger. She said, this is how I was going to kill myself today. She said, I don't remember the, the drive from my house to the shelter, but I heard you speak and now I want to live. I just need you to show me how. And here I am, Niagara Falls, crying. Everybody around us is crying. I couldn't hold it up anymore. I was being strong for all these women who were sharing with me and, and hugging me and thanking me. I was already overwhelmed because I've never lived that before in public speaking. And that was just the moment. Uh, I just And it didn't come to my head as, oh, wow, this is cool. No, this was like, wow, I just saved a life, literally. And it didn't go to my head. It was like, oh, my God, this is... This is, I think this is what I want to repeat, that feeling of somebody, of saving someone's life. I would like to repeat that feeling a lot of times, as many times as I can. That's the pivotal moment. Wow, that is an incredible uh, role to play Yes, in someone's own journey. Mm-hmm. And, totally. and what, what was that feeling? For someone who who is trying to imagine, like to be in your shoes, what what was that feeling like? I think it's a mixture. It's exhilarating, exciting, um, surprising. It's all of those in one ball, in 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 one little nugget. It's 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 scary at the same time. It's scary. It's all that, all that in one, because you don't know how to even react to something like that. Especially if you've never been through it, you just do not know how to react. And I didn't know how to react. I hugged her, but that was the best thing I could do at that moment because 
I was crying and I couldn't talk. So, and everybody was crying. So I think we had a group hug. I don't even remember what happened so much that this was, looked like a dream, sounded like a, you know, I mean, really somebody had to pinch me afterwards. I didn't know what happened. What was it about your own story that you think triggered that for her? Well, my story is, is long and as well as very um, challenging for many people to even hear. So it's, it's something that I'm going to just invite them to read the book for because it's way too long. I would have to basically tell you the book and that would take too long. <laughs> give us two words. I'll give it to you in 18 peek. seconds, but not many people can take it. And I, I think I, when, I, when I met my friend Mark, that's exactly what I said. I'm going to give it to you in 18 seconds. Just know that I'm already over it. So I was a beaten up child. I was molested four times before the age of 14. I was raped three times before the age of 22, twice gang raped and left for dead twice. I was, I had four abortions. I was married to a very abusive husband, both mentally and physically. And I gained a morbid amount of weight. I was 428 pounds at my heaviest. That's in a nutshell. 18 seconds you can count. Thank you You're for sharing that. Sure. That context is important. <laughs> I understand that. Mm -hmm. It's just that when it's said in such a speedy way, the the people hearing it are thinking, well, wow, that's just too, you know, it's too much, too much to take in. I've, I've had people literally say before, because I go on, and I've had literally a lot of people say, just give me a moment. Give me a moment because I, I can't take what you just said. Mm -hmm. Even one of those things. Imagine one, but right. they said like, okay, give me a moment. I need to digest all of what you just right. said because it's, wow, you've been through a lot. So it takes a lot of inner strength to be sitting in front of me today, being able to share that story because it, it does, it, it, you know, not many people can live through something like that and then now be in a, in a confident and strong position to empower other people to give them that sense of hope how did you connect to that strength and were there any tools that you use were there any um, teachers that you went to in order for you to be this strong beautiful confident person in front of me today well thank you for that i i would say that i i I'm into self-development and I'm, I'm actually writing books about self-development. Therefore, um, I, my journey started on listening to Tony Robbins and it was given to me. Actually, there was a set uh, of cassette tape. This is how old I am. I'm 50 years old. And I remember cassette tapes. You do? You don't <laughs> yeah. look that old. Okay. Well, anyway, so cassette tapes <laughs> were given to me by uh, one of my friends. And he said, here, listen to this. Maybe this is going to help you. And that's how it started. And I started listening to those tapes. And this voice came on, this strong voice, really like, wow, sexy voice. I, I was like, oh, who is that? You know? And... Um, he, th this was the cassette tape of um, Awaken the Giant Within with Tony Robbins. So I'm listening to this thing and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. I like, I like. And then I became a junkie. 
not only a junkie of books, of self-help books, uh, Wayne Dyer, Steve Covey, um, Tony Robbins, of course. Uh, there's many others, and Les Brown, and so many others, amazing people that are talking about exactly this. You know, it's like, get over your fear. It's in the past. Move forward. Find something to be grateful for and move forward. And I was following Tony Robbins literally around the world. And it was really nice because I really liked, I liked him and I liked everything that he was about. And so one day, um, I was in, in a Tony Robbins event. Then I went to another Tony Robbins event because I was a groupie. Like I said, I was a junkie and I go to one and I go to the other and I see the same people. I met some people already at one, which I always do. But then I went and I saw them at the other place too. And I'm thinking, what are they doing here? And the next question was, what are you doing here? You didn't get the memo, like, you're doing exactly what they're doing. Why are you surprised, right? So I said, I went home. And I was like, okay, you got to stop this. You're going way too many times to these things. That's why you keep saying the same people. So you got this already. You got your journey. You understand what's going on. You've already evolved a little bit. Great. And then I met one of my mentors. He was in, uh, just a developer in property management. I mean, in, sorry, in properties. He was building properties. And we sit, we're sitting down for lunch after I came back from that trip. And he said, well, how are you? And I said, well, I'm great. But you know what? I am tired and done with going to seminars and all that stuff. I'm done. I just i am too tired. And second of all, I just think that there's something still missing because we're still going and going on t- to these events but something must be missing. I mean, why are we keeping on going? So I said, you know, I think it has something to do with the brain. And I'm going to find out what that is. And then I'm going to teach that to people so that at least if they go to these events, they know how to implement it and they don't get overwhelmed. Because I know that I started going and then every time I would come back, I'd be like, yes, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm going to implement everything. And two weeks later, life happens and who knows what I've implemented and what I didn't, you know, and what I got out of it or what I didn't. I just knew that I got some, you know, it's by memory. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing that, you know, and that was it. And he said, okay, well, you know, if you write it, I want you to um, let me know. Because he didn't believe that it could be possible. I'm like, I'm telling you, it's possible. So I went home and uh, six months later, I called him up. I said, listen, I think I wrote the program that's going to change people's lives and mindset mastery. I am going to make it happen. He's like, be at my house tomorrow morning, eight o'clock. I'm like, eight o'clock. Okay, fine. And he's an elderly gentleman, so you don't send him an email. So I printed the whole thing. So I bring it to his house. I put it on his desk. And he's there sitting, reading through it. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, he's going to read the whole thing. Is he going to really go through the whole thing? And I'm sitting there. And you know when you're anxious to find out what somebody thinks about what you did, like if it's a project or whatever? Well, I was sitting at the edge of my seat. I was like, come on, talk. And all he did was, mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm, through the whole thing. <laughs> Two hours later, he, say, he says, he puts it down and he's like, okay, I have a few questions for you. And I'm saying, okay, shoot. I'm ready. Adrenaline is on. Let's do it. What is it? What's your questions? So he's kept on going with um, what if this and where did you get that and how did you get to this and all these questions nonstop. And, you know, when you're on adrenaline, an adrenaline ride, you do not feel thirst, hunger. Do I have to go to the bathroom? None of that. Right. (laughs) And I'm thinking, okay, this is cool. Let's go on. You know, and one at one moment he says, do you know what time it is? And I'm like, you know, I'm on full speed here. So I'm thinking, 
Um, don't know. Look outside. Well, it's a little dark outside, so maybe it's late afternoon, maybe early evening. I don't know. He's like, Orly, it's two o'clock in the morning. You must be tired. I am tired. All day long, all I wanted to do was to shut you down. I wanted you to say that you need to revisit this and recheck that, and, and you didn't do that. You answered all my questions with the assertiveness and, and power that you want this to work. And let me tell you, if you came here for my blessing, you got my blessing. It's a great program. Here I am driving home 2 o'clock at 2.30 in the morning, <laughs> and, um, and I'm crying because, you know, the adrenaline left you. you. You have all this emotional baggage now, so it's all coming out. And when I cry or when I laugh, my eyes close, my cheeks go up and my eyes close. So I can't see the road. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, I better pull over. This is an $80,000 car. Maybe I should pull over before I get into an accident. <laughs> and I pulled over, I cried, and then I went home and I put that whole program on the shelf. I didn't do anything with it. And it just, it was too overwhelming even for me, but I had already gotten the strength that I needed and I wanted to change people's lives. So there was a joke going around in, in my sphere of influence that I wanted to be mother, to, that I'm going to be like Mother Teresa. I'm going to change people's lives. I'm going to change the world, la, 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 you know? And that was the joke that was all my friends were doing. So at one point or another, one of my friends, Jeff Smith, comes into my office and he goes, so what about this program? I told him the story of what happened. He's like, so what about this program? I'm like, I don't know. I'm thinking of opening something um, that's going to help other coaches and speakers and 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 uh, influencers and authors to have like a hub where where they can come and use everything that I I learned, everything that I bought. They can have it like a library instead of each of them going to purchase that stuff. Or they if they haven't, they can at least have access to it. And I I want to you know I want it to be global, something global. He's like, why global? I said, well, Mother Teresa was known all over the world. That's global, so global. And he started laughing because he knew about the Mother Teresa thing. And then I said, I don't like coaching. I don't like the word coaching because it's overused and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, okay, well, what would you want to call it? I'm like, I don't know, mentoring. I have mentors. And I think that that's what it should be, mentoring. So I said, global mentoring. He goes, okay, and what else? And I'm thinking, I don't know, global mentoring school. He's like, nobody likes to go to school. And I'm thinking, okay, how about institute? He said, how about institute? And I said, oh no, that sounds like an institution. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, nobody's going to be institutionalized. <laughs> and then, and then I said, how about center? So that, you know, we can all come together and congregate and being a core, a hub for people. So global mentoring center. Yeah, that sounds about right. And as I'm talking to him, and it's hysterical because I'm facing my computer and he's sitting at my desk and we're talking. I look at him from time to time, but I'm typing at the same time. He's like, what are you doing typing? Can you type without looking? I'm like, no, but I'm looking at you and looking at the keyboard almost at the same time. He's like, what are you doing? And I turned my screen to him and I guess, look, we just got incorporated, the globalmentoringcenter.com, I mean, Inc., and then I went and registered it on GoDaddy. So that's what I really showed him, too. And I'm like, okay, look, we have the domain, too. <laughs> so he's like, oh, my God, you are crazy. And I said, look, you know what? If we're going to do something, let's just do it, you know? And if I'm going to say I'm going to change people's lives, maybe I should just, like, walk my talk. Let's do it. So that's how it started. And then because everybody in Florida knew me in property management, that was kind of a little weird to go to tell people now, hey, guys, I'm a coach now. 
You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mindset mastery coach. Right, Orly. You woke up one morning and you're mastering mindset. Ma they didn't know the whole story. So one of my friends uh, told, told me to come to New York. Uh, I was talking to him about the Global Mentoring Center, and he's like, you know what? You should come to New York. Everybody knows you in property management in Florida, but not in New York. So in New York, people can start knowing you in coaching for Mindset Mastery. So I said, okay, Manhattan? He's like, no, Brooklyn. I'm like, Brooklyn? And just mind you, all I know about Brooklyn is what I've seen in movies. Guns, fights, mafia. <laughs> That's all I've ever seen. So I was like, no, I can't go there. I'm a single woman with a story like mine. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, but I, they said, no, come, we're going to introduce you to some people. You're going to start having clients. You're going to test your, your program and then you'll see. And I'm thinking, okay. And I started coming to New York. And then a few months later, I met my husband and here we are. Well, congratulations so, on going through that the, journey and actually, you know, developing something, putting it out there for yeah. people. Coming up, you've already heard that Orly developed a program to really empower others. And you're now going to hear about how this fits in with her book series. We'll be right back. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. The superior audio quality on Mouth Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code MOUTHMEDIASEN, that's MOUTHMEDIA, S-E-N-N, -N, at checkout. you went through so many challenges that even one of them I think could really set a person off track and and all the things that you mentioned then you take that strength and what you've learned over time to develop a program to actually empower others no matter what they've gone through maybe they've gone through something similar and and now I know you have a book called the 12 powers we hold within mm -hmm. and that's something I'd love to dive into you know what are those 12 powers and but before we get there how did you go from creating this program coming to New York to Brooklyn <laughs> famed Brooklyn yes. back in the day it's beautiful to... I live there now and I love it so no worries <laughs> times have changed yes we, we've been here during the, the 80s and <laughs> And how did you how did you get from I'm creating a program, I'm putting myself out there to empower others to now creating this book series? I was when I started coming to to Brooklyn, I started getting clients in Mindset Mastery who are 
financial planners, uh, business owners, all kinds of, uh, of clients that came to me through referral, through uh, people that met me and sat down with me and said, okay, well, what is this program and what am I going to get out of it kind of a thing. And basically, when you go through any kind of traumatic experience, and we've all been through traumatic experiences in one way or another, and one does not take from the other either. I mean, there's no somebody went through worse or more or it's just how you lived it. We can take another person that has been, you know, two people that have been raped, but they would talk about it differently because they would have experienced it differently. And it's their endurance. Not everybody can endure the pain. So it's just whatever that is for them, it is. And that's good. But one of the things that they cannot do is get stuck there. How many times do you think about that traumatic experience? How many times does that come up in your head? And that basically makes you relive that experience. And what happens is that there's neurotransmitters in your brain that basically anchor that into your brain and it becomes a fixture. And once it's a fixture, you cannot delete it. You cannot erase it. You got to create another one, another fixture that would be on a positive side. So the book basically covers some of that, the, the, the forces in our brain that are actually running our life. Meanwhile, in the program, I teach about that and I teach about the myths about the brain and all kinds of stuff. So I'm not going to go into it, but I am going to tell you that the 12 powers was one part of the whole program. And one of my clients said, you know, you need to write a book. I like writing, but I like reading books. You need to write a book. And uh, before that, though, uh, in the book, you'll read how even this book came about is that somebody that after that talk at the shelter, a friend of mine was there with me and he said, you need to write a book. And I told him, me, write a book? Are you kidding? Like, why would I write a book? I don't know anything about writing a book. <laughs> That's not where I'm going. <laughs> and he said, no, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a good thing. You should. And um, so I did start putting things together and then I wrote a book and I published it, but not through the proper channels. What I did was just print 700 copies of that book and just gave them away. And it was called The 12 Powers We Hold Within, The Ultimate Paradigm Shift. But at the end of the day, it's a full book of my, almost a tip of the iceberg of my program, but in very little nuggets. So it really doesn't feel like I wrote the book. It was like more just nuggets and bullet points. So I got I, uh, for this book that just came out, the Mindset Mastery book series, The 12 Powers We Hold Within, my editors, both of them said, you have like six books in here. What are you doing with, you know, this is not one. This is like six books at least. And, I, and they said, you know, you need to really think about this. Maybe you should just do one right now. And I said, hey, can it come out? But, and this was in the summer, uh, this past summer, 2017. It was kind of July or August, I believe, that we had this conversation. And they said, what about, you know, we, we, we publish just one. And I'm like, okay, as long as it's the 12 powers we hold within first. He said, okay. They both said, okay. And I said, can we make it come out on the 10th of October, 10-10? They said, are you kidding? No way. We cannot do that. This is like a year-long project. I said, okay, well, the only choice you guys have for me to agree to this is that this book has to come out on 12-12 because it's called the 12 powers. That's the only reasoning behind it for me. I don't know about you guys, but for me, that's what it is. <laughs> so it has to come out 12-12, make it happen, come hell or high water, that's your problem, not mine, 
you got to make this happen. <laughs> I own a publishing house. So they were also, you know, like in the midst of all this, they have to create the marketing plan and everything. And I said, you know what? I don't even care if it doesn't go to number one. I care that it comes out on 1212. That's my book launch. <laughs> and that's how this book. <laughs> yes. And that's the, that was it. That was the decision. That was how we decided that that would be the first one of many. And uh, that's how I was going to divide the program so that people can assimilate the first part before they can understand the second part, which will be the next book. Before we go into what these powers are, mm -hmm. I know that you are a behavioral analyst. Yes, a certified behavior analyst. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And And I'm hoping to hear some more about the science behind some of the the things that you talk about. And you've already mentioned a little bit about the, what's going on in your brain. Right. So as humans, we have, I mean, a lot of people talk about ego and they usually refer to male ego or female ego. Well, human beings, we actually have five ego states. And really quickly, they are the adult, the parent, and the child, and the child has three of them. But I simplify it into two, and that makes it just two. But at the end of the day, uh, we also have personality types. Now, I was certified in DISC profiling, D-I-S-C. A lot of people know what that is, and a lot of profiling systems exist out there, like Myers-Briggs is used. Uh, that's the most popular one, if you will. Um, DISC is another one that a lot of people are using now, and a lot of people are. And what I did is I combined DISC and I combined the ego states to teach people how to close the deal 98% of the time. So when people ask me, what do I do for a living? I say, well, I'm a business coach for public speakers. But, what I, but they never ask me what I speak about. What do I go around the world speaking about? So I go into corporate America and teach salespeople how to close the deal 98% of the time. That's really what I do. And that's what I use certify the certification for. Um, being able to profile somebody, and I think profiling came out of the, uh, the, the TV series uh, Criminal Minds. A lot of people say, oh, is that like Criminal Minds? And I say, yes and no. You know, I was like, there is some more depth into criminal minds. But yes, you can read somebody's profile through looking at them. And then if you combine body language, ego states, and a profiling system like either Myers-Briggs or DISC, DISC is just easier in the English language to remember. And that's why I use it, because it's simple. If I tell you, you know, D is direct, then it's easy to remember that somebody who's very direct, like myself, I'm very direct, very, I know where to go, what to do, and pretty much doesn't, doesn't need much uh, instructions, then I'm a D. But you can tell by the, the way people also talk, you know, uh, because I'm a D, if you give me something to do, I'll go, yeah, I'll, I'll get it done for you. Sure. That's the way they talk. They'll use words like D, I'll do it. I'll get it done. So you can actually know what a D sounds like. So you make them talk. A lot of salespeople don't, don't let other people talk. They talk too much. So they won't be able to close the deal either way because they won't be able to profile. If they just listen, ask one question and let the people talk and shut up. And <laughs> but at the end of the day, that will teach you a lot about the person that's sitting in front of you if that's what you're trying to do and, and selling to them. Get into their ego and emotional state. You'll see what happens during that time. And you'll be able to read the two together 
by watching people, you do that. I've been doing this for 14 years and I've watched people for a long time. Like one of my exercises was to just sit in a Starbucks and watch people and try to read them without talking because 95% of communication is nonverbal. I'm not so familiar with DISC. Mm -hmm. Myers-Briggs, yes. But mm -hmm. can you explain quickly what... Same principle. What what the... Is it the acronym also? No, it's not an acronym. Or it's, you had mentioned D. What is that? D, D is direct. Sense mm -hmm. for direct. I stands for in, influencer. That's the, the personality that's very bubbly and uh, friendly and goes out there and talks to anyone and everybody. Um, the S is more the supportive, submissive type of person who is very calm, cool, collected. But at the same time, they don't know how to say no to someone. So they say yes to everybody. And... Um, they, they're, the S's and the I's are very people people. They like to entertain. They like to have people at their house. They like to do the barbecue thing. They like to just be around people, basically. And S's are like nurses and teachers because they're very supportive and they have time for everything. Um, the C's are more controlling people, but they're not controlling other people. They're controlling their environment. So if I'm at your house and I move this little vase and I put it over here and you're a C, you will move it right back. That's what you'll do. That's that's a C. They control their environment. And they compartmentalize. Again, C, C, the compartmentalize, control. That's how we know what they do and how they... They also ask a lot of questions. Because they compartmentalize, they need to know the details of everything. So a salesperson that sells to a C personality type would probably talk too much and then not answer all the questions. And then finally, the C will say, okay, great, let's sign the contract. Where do I sign? And as soon as they get the contract in front of them and they have the pen to sign the contract, they'll just sit back and say, well, hold on a second. I have a couple more questions. Salespeople would actually get upset. Inside of them, they'll be boiling. Oh, my God, what do you mean another question? And in the brain, that goes on. It's like panic. What do you mean another question? I thought we were here to sign the contract. And all they need is to calm down because... All a C needs to know is the other two questions. Ask, answer those questions. Calm down. Take a deep breath. Relax. Answer the questions. And don't worry. A C will sign the contract as soon as they know everything they need to know. So sometimes we lose. We become impatient. As, as salespeople, we become impatient. And we lose the deal because we were impatient. Our energy changed. So the client saw that. The client saw that you're like all pressed to get the check. You know what I mean? And if they see that, they might not just want to do business with you. It has nothing to do with what you're selling. It has to do with you. So th that's what DISC is about. And it's the same thing. Myers-Briggs is the same thing. I mean, you have the FA. I mean, like you have all these acronyms. And it's the same principle. It's just that I can't remember in any of them. There's other mod modalities of profiling. There are psychogeometrics. I'm a squiggly line, but I still don't know what that means. <laughs> Um, there is, uh, there's others. I mean, there's just so many, there's like seven or eight of them, I think right now. The, um, the disc is just simple. So you you're know? able to just use, or I guess be familiar with a, a modality such right. as disc and right. then use it to, to determine how other people behave Correct. so that you are able to communicate with them on that, um, common ground. Right. And at the same time, it's, um, and that's why I say 98% of the time, well, there's two stories behind 98% of the time, but 
why 98 and not 97 or 95, right? I mean, everybody asks me that question. So before you even go there, I'll tell you. When I was in second grade or third grade, I used to bring, it would be 100 at home because I would not have mistakes on my tests, and I would be graded 100. And one teacher would not grade me 100. She would only grade me 98. And my father was a military guy, so when I would go and show him my test, he would say, how come you got 98? And I said, well, I did everything right. And he goes, well, then you should have got 100. Why did you get 98? And I said, well, my teacher doesn't believe that anybody's perfect, so she doesn't give you 100. She just gives you 98 even when you got everything right. And he said, well, I just don't believe you. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm gone. Now I'm fighting against the teacher and against my father. It was just unbelievable. So she said nobody's perfect, and that's why it's 98%. And I say because DISC and any other profiling system out there is never 100% because there's that human side. There's other things that are involved that we, we have to give that little window of of making a mistake, you know, like nobody's perfect. It really does mean that I cannot read people 100%. I can read, but I just can't read people 100%. So it's 98%. And that's why I can close the deal 98% of the time by using all these modalities together, though. And it takes practice. It doesn't happen overnight, you know. How does this relate to what's happening in the brain then? There is an emotional side that we go through, and the emotion is what blocks everything. So being in an emotional ego state, you're actually blocking yourself from learning, from evolving, from uh, communicating properly with other people. So anything that's emotional is, is, is anchored in the brain in the wrong way, basically. It usually anchors negatively anything emotional. So what you want to do is not have these emotions and find out what it is that you're in that, so that you can switch it and that you can actually get more out of your conversations with people or your learning ability or whatever it is that you're doing. Even as an entrepreneur, a lot of people multitask. If you're able to multitask without getting emotionally stressed, fine, go ahead and multitask because it's not good for you. But if you can do it, do it. But if you're doing it when you're stressed and you're, you know, pulling hair out of your head, then don't do it. Take one step at a time. Take one function at a time. And that's how it deals with the brain. You just have to know where you're at for yourself, not only for other people, but for yourself, so that you can get the maximum of it out of a day or out of a task or whatever it is that you're doing. My takeaway is to be aware of your emotional states the emotional states of other people that you're dealing with, because sometimes you might be, you know, pitching something or trying to persuade somebody and they just can't listen because of whatever's going on in their lives or whatever they've anchored to. Mm -hmm. And, and same with me, whatever mm -hmm. I've anchored to, maybe it's, mm -hmm. you know, a moment in my childhood where my mom told me, you know, I no. have to do this or, or right. no, or right. like my sense of freedom then felt like it was taken away. And it, it resonates with the current situation. Correct. So having that awareness <clears throat> is important and having those tools to really understand, you know, who, who is the person in front of me? Mm -hmm. And even that space to detach yourself from the situation to be able to see, oh, you know what, you know, they, they operate in a different way, different from, from me, and that's fine. How do, how do I find the common ground? So, so thank you for sharing <laughs> that. It's definitely something that 
I think all business owners should know and anyone who works in teams, anyone who works with other people Absolutely. or or is in a relationship with somebody. Totally. All can be used yes. to their benefit. Coming up, you'll hear a preview of one of these 12 powers and how you can utilize them in your own life. Hey everybody, this is Vikram Iyer, former advisor to President Barack Obama. Have you been opening your Twitter account or Facebook feeds or even just talking to families and friends and wondering what the heck is going on in this country? Well, it's not as bad as you think, but we're going to unpack that for you. Join me at the American Enough podcast on the Mouth Media Network as we unpack the policies, executive orders, and daily kerfuffles that are shaping not just this administration, but the modern face of America's politics. Episodes available at AmericanEnoughPodcast.com and everywhere the best podcasts are found. Give us an example of one of these powers that really taps into our spiritual side. Well, one of the powers that we talk about in the book is the power of forgiveness. A lot of people ask me, how did you overcome? How did you continue your journey? How is it that you are still here? You know, and you didn't go into drugs and you didn't go in, you know, into an insane, insane asylum or something like that. And a lot of people ask me that question. And I think that the beginning of it is the power of forgiveness. You got to forgive yourself. You got to forgive the people around you for they didn't know. Um, that's how I, got, I get, got over it. And I do have the power of faith, which is really within that forgiveness. You have to find faith because I don't know if you believe in Buddha or in Christianity or Jesus or, or the universe, God, whatever it is that you call it, it's just a higher power. And I believe in that because it's all energy. I believe that there is a higher power. I believe in God and I believe in the universe. And I believe that it'll guide me if I just ask the question, what is it that I can do today that's better than yesterday? What is it that I can take on today that will help me with my own journey? Because I say this often, when the student is ready, the teacher will come. It is amazing to me that every time and at every turn that I needed help with something, either the right person showed up or the book showed up or a CD, DVD, whatever showed up. And not necessarily in a physical form. It, it was probably mentioned to me. It was probably somebody that said, hey, it's, um, it's, a, it's a book that's you know, going to help you or it's, hey, it's a CD that's going to help you. Whatever that is, um, that's what showed up. And it's very important to have faith that this will happen. I didn't know that I was going to speak at that shelter. I didn't even want to speak at that shelter. But that friend was so persistent. It was unbelievable. It was, got, it was getting to the point where I was looking at my phone and I didn't want to answer her. She was my best friend. I would never do that. I would never ignore a call from my best friend or I will let her know, hey, can I call you back? But I didn't even do that. I didn't want to answer anymore. She was calling every single day. And that's not my friend. That's the universe telling her, don't give up on Orly. 
That's the universe saying, Orly, you need to listen to your friend. And you get these messages, but you don't listen to them. And in, in women, you know, we call it women's intuition, but men have the same thing. It's an intuition. We don't listen to it. It's that those little voices that are in our head and we just don't listen. We think that we know better. We definitely know better, right? Not. <laughs> so, so if that's the case, we need to listen. And I think, you know, like just the other day, I really had a conversation about friendship because friendship, I call friends angels. And people say, well, why would you call them angels? I said, because everybody that comes into your life comes in for a reason, a season or life. And I don't know what the reason, season are or the life part is. I just know that God sent them to me. Somehow, some way, we've crossed our path for a reason. I don't know what it is. Maybe this podcast was one of those reasons. I don't know. But at the same time, it's about listening because they're gifts that are wrapped in sandpaper. Sometimes we don't even know what's inside and why we're here. So I call it the gift that's wrapped in sandpaper. You don't know what's inside and you have to open it to find out. But if you don't listen and you don't take the gift and you don't apply it, or if you don't take the gift and say thank you, which is more important, which is the power of gratitude, you will not, you will stay where you are. You will not evolve. You will not move forward. In order for change to happen, you got to create change. And I had to learn that even the hard way. I was stubborn. I am stubborn. I'm still stubborn. <laughs> My husband would tell you that I'm very stubborn. <laughs> but at the same time, it's not about being stubborn. It's about, it's about really opening your mind to new ways, new things, new approaches for things. I remember in my office in Florida, somebody said to me, we've done all this. This doesn't work. We've done this. We've done that. We, we've done it all. It doesn't work. Stop giving us this thing to do. And I would say, okay, let's take a deep breath. Now, is there another way we can do this thing that we've never done it before? They're like, oh, yeah, well, we could do this and we could now all of a sudden another way of doing the same thing was presented. Well, guess what? That thing worked. So when you decide not to make another call because you think people are already telling you no, so it's going to be no no matter what, make another call. Until they tell you, listen, stop calling me or I'm calling the cops, make the other call, make as many calls as you need to make. Because at the end of the day, you will be, it's not no, it's no for right now. Same thing with having faith. It's not no, it's no for right now. You're not ready to receive. I remember in one of my workshops that I did for Law of Attraction, I said to a, this lady said, you know, I've been praying, I've been doing my gratitude, I've been doing everything you say to do, and I still don't have my brand new car. I've been asking for my brand new car for I don't know how long. And I even have my husband putting candles and all that stuff. And we do everything to get the new car. So I said, okay, can I ask you a question? She said, yes. I said, I'm going to ask this from everyone. Raise your hand if you ever won the lottery. Nobody raised their hand. I said, okay, raise your hand. If you've ever won one of those scratchy tickets and it was a free ticket or a raffle or anything like that, ever, all of them, 99% at least, raise their hand. I said, so you all won the lottery. 
Because the first question was not, did you win the jackpot? It was just, did you win the lottery? Because lottery means you won something, right? And they said, oh, well, you know, that's, you know, if you say it that way, I said, yeah, because you were not even grateful for the small thing. Why would you expect the big thing to arrive? You're not even happy about the first thing. Let me ask you another question. If I gave you $50,000 right now, cash, I promise, cash, it's clean. I took it out of the bank account. It's cash. I'm going to give it to you, $50,000. Would you be able to take it out of my hand without telling me thank you? Without saying thank you, would you be able to take it? 99.9% of the time, you're just shaking your head, no. That's most people. They say no. Well, that's why you don't have what you want, because whatever comes your way will come in any different way. You might not be able to say thank you, because if you bought the lottery ticket and you won the jackpot, you bought the lottery ticket. Who are you going to say thank you to? It came from somewhere else. So basically, what, that's why I call friends angels, because they were brought by God or some other power that brought them in my life for a reason, a season, or life. And you have to be on the, on the other end to receive, to be able to receive. And that's what most of us do is that we do not want to receive. Oh, maybe I'm not going to like it if, when it arrives. Oh, maybe I'm not ready for $10 million. Maybe I'm not ready. How am I going to spend it? Who cares? What if it comes? Just let it be. And that's it. We don't let that flow of energy go through us. We just stop it every time. I don't think that client is going to buy anything from me. They don't look like they even have money. How can you even think like that? You don't know what they're going through. There could be millionaires walking around in shorts and t-shirts. Who cares? You don't judge that. And so I come from a place where I don't judge. I don't criticize. I just see people for who they are and exactly what I see is that's exactly who they are. My, my husband tells me all the time, you're on the train with all these people. Don't, aren't you afraid of some crazy people on the train? I, see, I said, you know how many great people I meet on the train? I meet CEOs of companies. I meet people who are doing charity work that I would love to see what they do because they're doing so many amazing things. I talk to everyone. I'm not afraid of anything. So if you're afraid of being successful or, uh, by the way, being afraid of being successful or being afraid of Losing it all in failure is the same exact emotion. Same fear. Same level of fear. Fear of failure and fear of success is exactly the same thing. I think I would like to not use fear at all. Because why would I be afraid of anything? There's no reason. Let me just do my path. So if there's something that I would learn about faith and spirituality and why we need to be spiritual... Because we, I believe that we are spirits. You know, if you ask a scientist, they might tell you, hey, look, you're just a bunch of, you know, uh, atoms and molecules and blood and vessels and, and muscles. And this is really why it's your anatomy. And that's who you are. Once you're dead, you go into the ground, you're done. Yeah, I still believe in spirit. I believe that we have that spirit that is our soul. Maybe it was inculcated in me because I grew up in a certain faith. But at the end of the day, it's whatever you want it to be. And whatever you believe is exactly what it is. It's your belief system. So believe that there is something bigger and uh, stronger maybe than you, but it's not there outside of you. It's inside of you. 
there's so much in there. I know, right? And um, things that that really I want to highlight. One is this notion of the gift in the sandpaper. Mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful metaphor that that really describes all of those opportunities that you shared from your life. Like when you had your your best friend telling you, please speak at this shelter, please speak. And you you kept saying no. And she was persistent. She was the angel. I think there's kind of two roles. There's one being able to, to finally say yes to an opportunity despite whatever's going on in your mind. And the other is if you are that angel if someone says no to you, just keep going. If you see that potential, just keep giving them that opportunity. One day they will say yes. One mm. day they will hear it. And one one day it will mean the world to them. And we just don't know. I think a lot of us, you know, when we offer, let's say we are in that, you know, that the shoes of the, your best friend. If someone says no to us, we'll just like, okay, sorry. Like you didn't, I, I won't ask you again. Imagine if that happened. Yeah. What if she didn't ask again? Mm-hmm. Totally. So we all we all have a role to play. Mm-hmm. We're all, I think we're all angels. We're all, we're all receiving messages. If we feel this nudge to say, hey, you know what? I think, I think this, you would, you should write that book. Mm. And you said no. And then they kept saying, you know what? Someone else said it. You should write that book. And the more you hear it, the more it's almost like you gain evidence of, you know what? I think. I think this is a message I need to listen to. Mm-hmm. Totally. Love that. Let's switch gears a little bit. I know that you've created communities of people in wellness mm-hmm. to really support them. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is mm-hmm. and how that has impacted you looking back on on you know, what you've created, what you've accomplished. This is a perfect segue. I'll tell you that because I'm a connector. I'm a networker. I like to connect people. I like to introduce people to other people. Um, I introduced uh, Mark and a friend of his to a producer, and they, you know, they, I brought them to an event, and it was just a beautiful thing. You know, I mean, they started a conversation. It was just a beautiful thing, and I do that all the time. This is just what I do naturally. In Florida, they were joking around that I'm the millionaire connector. And now I got it trademarked. That's hysterical, right? One day, about three years ago, I went to a Chamber of Commerce event here in New York. And I saw segregation. Health and wellness professionals, practitioners, all in one end of the, of the room. And then I saw corporate professionals, financial planners and CPAs, all these guys are all in one other end of the, of the room. And I'm looking around and I'm literally thinking this, and please forgive me, but this is exactly what I'm thinking. These people are stupid. They're missing out on so much opportunity to build their own businesses and get more clients. Look, a CPA needs a dentist. A dentist needs a CPA. They can not only do business with each other, but they can refer business to each other. Why don't we come from that place of helping each other? Everybody's like, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Well, there's nothing in it for you if you don't go out there in the right mindset. So I decided when I went home that night that I have to create maybe a bridge between the two. Maybe something that will bring people together. 
and I'm going to call it the Health and Wellness Network of Commerce. Well, it started with Health and Wellness Chamber of Commerce, but Chamber is a little more political, and also you have to be a not-for-profit. And I said, no, I'm not creating a not-for-profit. I have to create a for-profit, and I'm going to just, but I'll just create it. The, the reasoning behind it was, let's create a mastermind where we can meet in Manhattan somewhere once a month, get together, make maybe 10, 15 people, and I'll tell them what I want to do so that we do the bridging thing. We'll get some health and wellness professionals. We'll get some corporate professionals. They'll all come together. And we'll see how we can get this going, basically. So I put out an email blast. It was 10 days away. I'm like, guys, I know it's kind of late last minute, but I'm doing this mastermind thing. If you want to come, just come to this event. It's going to be in Manhattan. Here you go. Here's the link. Sign up. 62 people show up and I'm seeing these people coming through the door and I'm thinking, what the, what the heck is going on here? How am I going to do a mastermind with 62 people? I can't do this. I'm not prepared. Even if I wanted to break them into groups and stuff, I was not prepared for that. So I became the hostess with the mostest. I was introducing everybody to each other. And then I said, okay, everybody, we need to sit down. Let's take a seat. And then, hello, everybody. My name is Orlia Moore, and I went to a chamber event, and I saw segregation, and I decided to oh, start a mastermind, and I said out to this invitation, thinking that only maybe five or ten of you will show up. But thank you for being here, all of you, and here's how we're going to do this. You guys are going to put down your phones because we're not going to do any phones right now. No texting or anything allowed unless you're a cardiologist and you have a patient on the operating table right now. If not, then you can just sit and relax. We're going to introduce ourselves. You're going to tell us your name. What do you do? What do you need help with right now? And don't tell me that you need more clients because I never met a dollar I didn't like. And then tell us what you're passionate about. What do you stand for? And then we went around the room and I told everybody that once we get done, when we start the open networking again, the energy in this room is going to be amazing. Please listen for each other's needs and wants because you might see an opportunity to help this person. Come from that end. Come from a place of, oh, let me listen in. You want to meet so-and-so? Great. You know what? I know a few people like that. And you're going to introduce each other later. You can even take it outside of this room and meet outside of this room for a cup of coffee. Sorry. So, so it was. We went around the room. Everybody introduced themselves, and after that, I told them what I wanted to do. I just wanted to be the bridge between the health and wellness professionals and the corporate professionals. After that, when we opened the networking again, the buzz was so high in the room, I couldn't even hear myself think it was so high. It was the energy, the noise. I don't know what, what, it, what it was. I just couldn't even hear myself think. But I was talking to one of my friends. And one of the and, and another girl comes and sees, sees to see me and she says, can I start a group like this in Brooklyn? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about because I didn't think about it yet. I have no clue what you're talking about. Then another person came to me and says, how about Westchester? Can I start a group like this in Westchester? And I said, where is Westchester? Just so you know, I'm technologically and, and geographically completely clueless. So I said, Okay. And then my friend who came to see me just to support me was in town from 
Pennsylvania. She's like, well, I'll start a group like that for you if you want in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. I said, Punxsutawney? Does that even exist? Phil, Groundhog Day. I remember. Yeah. Does it really exist? Is that a real place? You know, I was excited more about that than about all these people saying, I'll open a group for you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Now, having a master's degree, uh, an MBA and a law degree, I said, okay, I think I need to go home now and start and see what I could do with this. Because obviously I have something here. Somebody's asking. Long story short, and I don't like to say that, but it is really now short. I went back to them. I went back to the drawing board. I went back to them in a month. We were in three countries in three states now we are in nine countries, I mean, in six countries and nine states. We have 40 chapters around the world. We are still growing. We're doing health and wellness expos. It started with one. Now we have 10 a year. Crazy stuff. But it's all happening at the same time. And it's basically the wheel that started that I can't stop. And I don't want to stop. Because my mission in life is to impact the lives of 200 million people by the 24th of April, 2025. And that's where we're going. I am not stopping anything. So you're thinking about the gift in, in, in sandpaper. I'm thinking about, oh my God, all these angels came to me at the same time. Mind you that that all this has been done with no marketing whatsoever. Cause I don't know anything about marketing. So it's all word of mouth, all been worth of mouth. Members, sponsors, everybody has been coming through word of mouth. And now we just hired, like just literally now, a month ago, uh, an SEO company to help people, you know, find us more and doing a blog. We just launched a blog. I mean, like I've never blogged in my whole life. Now I have a personal blog and the HWNCC has a blog. So the mission of the Health and Wellness Network of Commerce is to be a platform for health and wellness professionals, practitioners, service product providers to network with corporate professionals whilst providing a sustainable system for both, meaning providing them the opportunity to meet face-to-face, not only online, because we are an online community, but we are more also face-to-face community through the expos, through the monthly meetings of each chapter around the country. It's just a beautiful thing. And I I just want to say thank you. And I'm very full of gratitude because all these people that have come forth to be leaders in their community and taking on a chapter, which is, you know, it's a little bit of work a month to get all these people together, to get the word out in the community and to help us grow. It's just a beautiful thing. So I call them angels too. It all comes together. It's amazing that you took an idea that you had and ran with it with zero expectations and it has (laughs) bloomed. It has gained a momentum all all on its own because you gathered a community of people and then created this incredible ripple effect so that Mm -hmm. it's, it's global. Yes. What is one example of something that came out of this networking for someone on the wellness and the corporate side. I think a lot of us think, well, it's, you know, probably just a client relationship Mm. that can come out of it. But what Mm. are some of those surprising um, outcomes that you've seen? I tell many of my clients, especially in the business coaching part, um, your network is your net worth. It's not about selling to the person you're talking to. It's about tapping into the relationships that they have with other people so that they become uh, referral partners 
I know for a fact that many of the things that I do, like we do conferences on cruise ships and we do conferences on land and we do all kinds of stuff, that through all of this, with the Health and Wellness Network, with the social wow factor, with all of the things that we do, there have been relationships that have been formed where people not only do business with each other, but they also refer business to each other organically. And this was all about being organic. It was not about forcing the issue. You know, out of sight, out of mind. How many times have you heard that? Out of sight, out of mind, right? Well, if you keep on coming to a community and showing up for the community, somebody might see you and see what you do. People are watching you all the time and they're watching what you do. And the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So if you show up every month to a networking event and you continuously introduce people and you continuously just become the giver instead of the taker, then you will grow automatically. Your business will grow automatically because by the law of reciprocity, people want to give you too. They They feel compelled to do this for you as well. So I think that people are missing out on on what this is about, because they think, well, you know what, I'm not doing health and wellness. Why would I go to this event? Yes, but if you're a financial planner, some of these doctors need financial planning. If you're a business coach, some of these doctors who absolutely are the worst thing, they're the worst enemy about business. They don't know how to run a business. They're very good doctors. They're amazing at their craft. But business-wise, they're horrible, and they know it. But maybe you'll meet somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody and you will get something out of it. Maybe you'll learn something because we always bring also education into the platform. We bring speakers to educate us, whether it's on business or on health. Yes, maybe we might need to know that there's a new thing called Hilo. I'm sorry, I'm I'm giving maybe a shout out, but it's not. Don't worry, they're not paying me for it. No problem. But I love this little gadget. I saw it in, in action. I don't even own one yet. But it's called Hilo, and it tracks everything, your, your pulmonary, your, it just tracks everything you do. It's really cool. I don't know how to use technology. I just told you I'm technologically and geographically completely clueless. So until I learn how to use it, I'm not even going to buy it. Does that make sense? I know it doesn't because I would have to use it on me. But it's pretty interesting, all the nice things that are out there for us to just be better human beings in, in health. But how about business owners? We're all doing so much in one time. We don't take the time to relax. We don't take the time to go away. We don't take the time for a massage. We don't take the time to sit properly at work. We're always hunched over a computer or over our tablets or whatever it is that we're using. So chiropractor would tell you that, you know, sitting is the new smoking. Yeah, we heard that so many times, right? But how many of us are actually taking action against it? No, there's not that many. We're still in that learning phase. So how do I see people being impacted by the network? I think that the relationships that have formed have have a tremendous potential to not only grow within their own businesses, those people that have made connections and have come back every single month to our networking events have obviously gotten something out of it. It's not time consuming. It's And it's all in the follow up and follow through. Nothing is going to, you, you know, you don't uh, kiss somebody on a first date. I mean, maybe you do, but I mean, there's, you know, maybe. I wanted to say something else, really. You don't do that on the first date. So if you don't do that, then you just need to get to know the person. And it's all relationship-based. I still, I love the fact that we have technology. I love the fact that we have social media. I love the fact that there's community online. 
but I think we are still human beings and we need to touch and feel each other. And I mean it in the appropriate way. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, and I know you know what I mean, but a handshake is worth a lot more than words. Orly, you've had an incredible journey of going through what you did in kind of in the earlier years, um, having a transformation. You had mentioned you um, lost a lot of weight as well, and then came to a point where you were just giving back and giving, giving, so much giving from what you've just shared to empower other people, to have hope, to build community. Um, whether it's in business for entrepreneurs, for public speakers, for people in wellness. And, and from what I see, you just, it, you just have an idea and run with it. And it just blossoms. It, there's, there's definitely, you know, other forces helping you. And, and all of us have these other forces helping all of us at, at any given point in time, if we only listen. So, as you reflect back on this entire journey and maybe thinking of, you know, what's ahead of you in your future, give us some final thoughts. What, what, what is the big takeaway that you want to leave us with? I think that the message needs to be that we can all impact other people in a positive way whether we just smile at them, whether we shake their hand, whether we find a way to help them, whether we decide to just give something, maybe charity to, char to charity or help someone across the street, it doesn't really matter. Impacting people's lives have nothing to do with, uh, you know, giving money. It has nothing to do with, but it has everything to do with everything. It's how you do it every single day. I go about my day, and at the end of the day, I ask myself these five questions. What did you learn today? Who did you help today? Whose life did you impact today? What did you think that you are most grateful for today? And the last is like, what's your goal for tomorrow? And I, and I, I go through that every single day. I, I am thankful in the morning for many things and I write in my journal and I do everything that I was taught to do and I've been doing it consistently. And I think this is the one thing I would tell people, be consistent with everything you do. Be consistent, giver, be consistent. If you're going to learn something, be consistent and learn it. But learn it all the way. Don't just learn it and say, I know about it. Do you really know it? So one quote comes to mind, and it's my favorite quote by my favorite philosopher, Leo Bascaglia says, to know and not to do is not to know at all. Basically, you really need to know something and live through it and do it to really know it. Reading about it, you can't ride a bicycle with reading a book. Can't drive a car by reading a book. Beautiful. You're welcome. Beautiful. Lots of good questions to live by and a good quote, a reminder for us to always to learn and to do, to give back. Hmm. And how can our audience get in touch with you and learn more about your work? 
So the best way is to visit my website, www.orlyamore.com. So it's O-R-L-Y-A-M-O-R.com. Um, phone number is on there as well. So it's 917-515-6803. And my email is orly at orlyamore.com. So there's many ways to get in touch with me. Um, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, Orly, it's been incredible just hearing your journey, having you on the show, and and hearing about all the wonderful things you're doing to empower others. It's an inspiration. Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. Very grateful. You're welcome. And for you, I really love the five questions that Orly just mentioned to to either end your day or start your day, however you want to do it, just reflect on those five questions. I think we can all be in a better place to be grateful, to to take lessons learned no matter what challenges we've gone through in the day, and to really set our intention for tomorrow. So take that as a tool. I love it. I'm going to do that myself. Awesome. And until the next time, be on the lookout for all possibilities. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.